This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Welcome back. It's time for Silver and Black Today, the Tuesday edition. Here, we are an Odyssey Original Podcast. So please do us a favor and make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. Wherever you get your audio, just search Silver and Black today. Hit the subscribe button and then put on the auto download. That way, every time we have a new show, you don't have to go looking for it. We will deliver it to you because we are giving people. That's right. Just do that. You can also hear us on the radio on Saturdays at 6 p.m. If you're getting game time ready and you're in Las Vegas, you can tune us in on the Bet Las Vegas as well. And to our YouTube audience, thanks for being there. And the chat, hit the subscribe and the notifications bell. All right, we are back. Full full team here. Mo Moten, Scalco Branson. Mo is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, excuse me, covering the entire league. He also covers the Raiders for SportsNot.com, where he is a Raiders columnist. You can follow him on X.com at Mo Moten. That's M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, the show SMB today. You can also follow my work up on sportsnot.com as well. So, Mo, uh, first time I've had a chance to talk to you since the game on Sunday and the Raiders. You know, it, it was a, a big mixed bag, right? So you look at what this defense was able to do, holding Miami to 20 points, being realistic, being objective. Yes, they got help from a Miami team that at times was hitting on all cylinders, at other times was not. They lose, of course, A-Chain, the back, the running back again to an injury. He goes out of the game. They also lost Tyreek Hill for a time there when Jalen Waddell stepped up in his place and did pretty well. But overall, got to be, I think, proud of the way this Raider defense went in and played this Miami team. The offense on the other side of the coin, not so great. We'll get to that in a minute. But your impressions from this game. Raiders were 14-point were underdogs, okay, rolling in here. They end up losing by seven 
and really had every opportunity to win this game. I think to sum it up, missed opportunities. And from a fan perspective, I held the Bleach Report live post game as I always do. And there was a mixture of disappointment, but encouraging, uh, an encouraging type of outlook. And I'll explain because disappointment, obviously, because I just mentioned the Raiders only scored six points off the Dolphins three turnovers. You got to score more. You got to at least get a touchdown in there if you're going to get all those turnovers. Nate House was in a turnover. Luke Masterson getting a forced fumble. Isaiah Paula Miles stepping in for Marcus Epson getting an interception. You have to capitalize off that, and the Raiders weren't able to do that. And that was probably the Dolphins' worst offensive showing of the season. Remember, this is the same team that put up 70 on the Denver Broncos in week three. So they could put up points in, in flurries. They didn't do that because they were pretty sloppy on Sunday. But I, I while you could say, yeah, the Raiders hung with the Dolphins, you can you can understand people saying I'm disappointed because, yeah, they hung with the Dolphins, but that's a game that, as you said, they could have won. It was in the palm of their hands because that was the Dolphins were at their lowest point. So if I again, if I were to sum this up, I would say missed opportunities. But you look at the Raiders' defense. I know the offense didn't play well outside of the first quarter, but you look at their defense. The defense gives them a chance to hang around. In, in games against marquee uh, teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, like the Miami Dolphins, uh, the, the other tough game that they have, the Minnesota Vikings. I know they lost to the Denver Broncos, but they're still a playoff caliber team right now. They can hang with those teams because of their defense. The offense just has to catch up right now. Yeah, the offense has to catch up. And look, at this has been the problem since last year. Uh, I mean, last year they rushed the ball well, though. They did, they did a lot better last season. But this season... What concerned me, Mo, was I saw a regression. And look, the Aiden O'Connell discussion we'll get to in a minute because that's separate, um, although it's it's tied in with a lot of different things. It, th- but this offense has been a problem all season. And what I saw out of rookie, and again, I'm not forgetting that he's never done it before, Bo Hardegree, we saw some creativity, a little bit of wrinkles out of him in the previous two weeks against the New York teams. And then against the Dolphins, it seemed as though he tightened up. It seems as though he went back to what we saw under Josh McDaniels, a very conservative, very kind of methodic, even if it's not working, I'm going to stick with it because that's the game plan mentality. Uh, and I go to those quick uh, those quick um, pop passes to the outside, the quick screen passes that we saw lose yards twice with Devontae Adams and lose yards once with Trey Tucker. It was the same thing. It's like, look, you have to understand. Now, you got to credit Vic Fangio. He's one of the better defensive minds in the business, right? And he was throwing things. They talked about this in the press conference after the game on Sunday. He was throwing things at them that they did not see them do ever before during the season. But you also have to expect that, Mo, coming off a bye week, right? Teams have time to put wrinkles in their offense and their defense when they're coming off a bye. So you look at that, and and so you saw this offense move backward from that perspective. But you also saw, and this is something we've talked about a lot here, Mo, you also saw some of the weaknesses of this Raiders offense exposed. And that's not to say that they're a terrible offense, although their statistics determine that they are. They have talent there. But when you look at it from that perspective, you see some of these weaknesses and they were exposed by a Dolphins team and a defensive coordinator who knew how to do that. A couple of things I want to point out, because a lot of people have talked about the conservativeness of the game plan, right? So I'll, 
couple of things that should factor into this when you talk about why they were conservative. And I'm not giving an excuse to the coaching staff or the play calling, but you have to understand that Colton Miller was out again. Mm-hmm. This is missed the second consecutive game. And you're playing against two all-pro cornerbacks. Jalen Ramsey hadn't been healthy for the first part of the season. He was on the field. You saw him have two interceptions. You got Xavier Howard on the other side of the field. I know you have Devontae Adams, but if you're if you're an offensive play caller and you have a rookie quarterback, doesn't have a handful of starts yet, and you're going against two all-pro cornerbacks, not just good cornerbacks, all-pro cornerbacks in their prime without your left tackle, so that means, one, your long-developing plays may not be able to, de- to develop because you don't have the blocking you need. So you got to have to have the quick screen passes, the quick short passes. And number two, if you're going to throw downfield, you have to make sure that your your ball placement is on point because Xavier mm-hmm. Howard and, and Jalen Ramsey are going to pick passes off. Again, we saw Jalen Ramsey get two interceptions. And one year, I believe, Xavier Howard led the league in interceptions. So you have to know the personnel you're going up against. And I think the game plan initially was let's go with the short passing game because we don't want to test Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard but so much without our left tackle. So I, I think the short passing game was the right route to go. Now, of course, you want to take shots when you have them. But let's remember that Aiden O'Connell, and I said this in the offseason, this is one of my criticisms of Aiden O'Connell. While he does test defenses downfield, he will stretch the field and throw 20, 30 yards down. He can be inaccurate throwing downfield. So you knowing your rookie quarterback can be inaccurate with the deep ball, knowing you're without your left tackle, knowing you're going up against two all-pro cornerbacks, I understand why the game plan was a bit on the conservative side this weekend, last weekend. Yeah, but here's the one thing I'll disagree with you a bit there, which is when when I say conservative, I don't necessarily mean the lack of vertical. I mean, for example, even in the short passing game, which I agree with you, and we've said this for the last couple of weeks since they named O'Connell the starter, right? Which is you can't ask him to do too much, right? Because number one, he's a rookie. Number two, he's a fourth round rookie and he's learning, he's processing. What I didn't see from them was, and I agree with the short passing, what I didn't see with them was was one two-step drop, hit somebody over the middle, right? They We saw it at the beginning of the game a little bit. We saw them pass to Michael Mayer on the outside there, that route, but I didn't see anything. I thought when he started to heat up a little bit, even in the second half, it didn't sustain itself. But when you saw him get Hunter Renfro involved, like bringing him what he does best is kind of find some space and get him the dump off ball. But that, that's where I mean conservative and sort of finding ways to distribute the ball around and not making it a, 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 a pop pass to the outside, a screen pass behind the line of scrimmage, right? Because to me, that's, that's not at least go positive yards. And I, and I see that. I've been watching a lot of film. And Mo, I'm trying to learn X's and O's better because that's not my forte, right? I'm learning. And the more and more I watch, I'm amazed. And I watch other teams too. Is, is a lot of the, the route construction for the Raiders on plays like third and eight, third and six. And you have receivers. And I understand sometimes you get a guy in an open space and Devontae Adams, a special guy, the whole thing. But you see routes on third and eight and the route is five yards and in. It's like, well, what are you going to do there? First of all, you're not, you're not getting to the sticks. And number two, you're setting up your quarterback. Yeah, he can, he's got the little outlet pass, sure, in case he gets under pressure. But you're not going to get the first down. So those are the types of things I, I wonder about. Now, that can go back to Josh McDaniels. This team, Mo, is not going to throw out the playbook middle of the season and get a new one. You can't do that. Okay? So they got to work within the structure they have. 
I was just disappointed that they didn't uh, do some of the things that they did against the Jets. Now, they didn't light up the board against the Jets either or the Giants, but it just seems as though Bo Hardegree was uneven. I'll put it that way. Well, you have to kind of expect it to be a bumpy ride at some point. I think <laughs> I tweeted point, after, yes. after the game, I tweeted that people were saying, I remember when Jimmy Garoppolo was starting and Brian Hoyer had his first start. The, the popular saying was, let's see what Aiden O'Connell's got. We don't know what he is. Let's see what he's got. And I and I posted last night on the X. I said, part of seeing what Aiden O'Connell's got is knowing that he's going to make rookie mistakes and it's going to be bumpy at times. Like, mm-hmm. did you think the Raiders were going to go, what, 8-0, 9-0 as soon as interim head coach Antonio Pierce took over and, it, and Aiden O'Connell started? Did you think it was going to be smooth sailing? That was going to look, every game was going to look like the Giants game? <laughs> Newsflash, it wasn't going to be that way. There were there are going to be some rough patches. You have, a, as you said, you have a play caller and Bohart agree who's never called plays in the regular season before this year outside of the preseason. And you got Aiden O'Connell with a few starts. So there are going to be some hiccups. There are going to be <clears> some mistakes. There are going to be some times where the offense hits a low. There are going to be times where they don't score points for stretches. But you know why? Because they're new at doing this <laughs> and, and on the pro level. I mean, yeah. and they've done it collegially in the preseason, but this is a whole different animal. So you can't expect a well-oiled machine at all times. Now they have to clean up some things, obviously, and work on some things. Aiden O'Connell has to learn from his mistakes. I think part of one of the things that I saw with Aiden O'Connell, and someone pointed it out, I think it was John John 585 from my Bleach Report Live, said that sometimes he holds on to the ball too long. You talked about getting the ball out really quick. Sometimes that's that's not on Bo Hardigree. Bo Hardigree can't press a button on the controller and have Aiden O'Connell throw a pass. No. Aiden O'Connell has to get that ball out quick or else the pass rush is coming. And you know Aiden O'Connell can't move in the pocket. So if yes. he doesn't get that ball out, he's taking a sack. Yeah, and there was I counted at least two, maybe three, if I re- recall back to Sunday, sacks where the, he shouldn't have been sacked. He had to get rid of the ball. He had plenty he's of opportunity to get rid of the ball, even if it's throwing mm-hmm. it out of bounds. Like, you have mm-hmm. to do that. You see veterans do it all the time. So you're absolutely right. No, you can't blame Bo Hardigree for everything. I do think <laughs> that he didn't put his quarterback in the best position but at the same time the quarterback also didn't perform and to your point you have to expect it now i'm gonna i'm gonna bring something i'm gonna bring up a wild card right now mo because we should be consistent everybody out there including you fans who were during when jimmy garoppolo was starting okay jimmy garoppolo was starting and and i forget which game it was pittsburgh or something like that and they couldn't move the ball it was like it was against miami where it's three and out three and out three and out what did people say including us right? Put the kid in. He's not moving the offense. Give him a shot. You might as well throw a different quarterback. Change it up. The game's within reach, correct? The the point of the the NFL is to win a game. So let me ask you this, Mo. You ready? You ready? It's like a political question. When Aiden O'Connell clearly couldn't get the job done Sunday in Miami, why don't you switch quarterbacks? You're close. You're within striking distance of winning the game. Now, I'm not saying permanently, but every once in a while, you bring a guy off the bench just to give the team a little juice doesn't mean you supplant the starter. And believe me, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. We know what happened with this team under Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm wondering, why didn't you? I think it's because with a rookie quarterback like that, you want him to go through those hard moments. The other thing is, if you pull him in that... Right, because if you pull him, as soon as he starts struggling... You don't want him to go out there and be nervous in his following starts where he's thinking, oh, if I screw up, if I'm not playing well, they're gonna, I'm going to get pulled again. You don't want that in your rookie quarterback's head. 
So you don't want to have a quick, if you're going to give him the job and let him play through his mistakes and rough patches, you let him do that. Now, if he goes even through, if it uh, means losing a game, even if it means losing a game, because again, for the rest of the season, he's probably going to be your starter. So you're going to oh, yeah. go back to him. Now, if you didn't plan on going back to him, if you if you're thinking, okay, we're going to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo until further notice, then I would understand it. But with a rookie like that, you got to let him play through those rough patches because again, you don't want it to go off in his head where if I struggle. Then they're going to pull me. Then you run into, oh, is he going to be conservative? Is he he not going to want to take chances because he doesn't want to make mistakes? The last thing you want your quarterback going out there and doing is second-guessing himself and thinking, I can't make mistakes because then you become a game manager. And I know that's what a lot of people expect Aiden O'Connell to be anyway, but he has an arm where he doesn't have to be a game manager. And you don't want to put him in that mindset where I can't make a mistake. I can't make a mistake because you have to have the mindset of, I'm trying to win this football game instead of I'm not trying to mess this game up. Absolutely. Well said. And I agree 100% with you. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And and that's it. So so when you talk about people, well, you know, winning the game, you got to go with the hot hand or switch it up, blah, blah. It depends where you're at. So that's that's how it goes. But I will say this, and I wrote a piece up on Sports Not that ran yesterday about that I think Antonio Pierce, and I, I use the word fix the offense because it's not fixable 100%. These are, there's some things that this offense needs, including, I believe, with all due respect to Aiden O'Connell, uh, another quarterback next year if they pick high in the draft. Oh, yeah. So that said, Antonio Pierce, I think, if he wants this job full-time, we talked about it, Mo. I think you had said he's got to go about six and three, somewhere around there. And I agree with that. But I also think for in order for him to do this, for them to have a shot, and they do have a shot with the way their defense is playing, against Kansas City at home this coming weekend, Antonio Pierce has to figure out how to get this offense going or he won't get the job because they won't win. You can't win in the (laughs) NFL without scoring points. We saw it yesterday. A Dolphin team that was, or Sunday, was falling down, didn't do what they usually do offensively, but the Raiders also deserve credit for the defense. So with that said, what in the context can they do, Mo? You're, you're now installed as Bo Hardegree's replacement. What do you do with this offense to get things moving towards this part of the season where you need, it's make or break. You got to win some games now, not only for confidence, but also if you want to keep this coaching staff around, the players need to know that. And they need to know that if they want to stay in the race, I know it's a long shot, but they, if they want to stay in the race, they got to fix the offense. What do you do? Two things. So the number one thing is I don't deviate from the team's identity. I, t- I posted this on X last night. The Raiders ran the ball, I believe, 16 times. Josh Jacobs had 14 carries. You don't abandon the run game if it's within one score. I understand Josh Jacobs wasn't getting a lot of yards per clip. I believe his longest run was for nine yards. I get all of that. But look at the last two weeks when the Raiders won, beat the Giants and beat the Jets. 
their run game was effective and efficient. Now, it wasn't going to be efficient against that Dolphins defense, but I don't think you abandoned the engine of your offense. It's very clear that Antonio Pierce wants to establish a run and run and get behind Josh Jacobs because he has a rookie quarterback who he understands is limited mobily. And as far as ball placement is concerned, I talked about Aiden O'Connell's deep ball accuracy. So understanding what you have under center, Josh Jacobs has to be the focal point of your offense. You don't abandon that. And I think the Raiders got away from that on Sunday. The other thing is you could do what the Dolphins did or have been doing under Mike McDaniel. Add more motion, add more window dressing to your offense to to get to get people to get the defender's eyes off the quarterback. Get them looking at the wide receiver who's going from left to right. Get them looking at the tight end who's moving over. Get them looking at the running back who's switching positions. When you do stuff like that, you take the attention off of your quarterback and off of your top receiver in Devontae Adams, and you give your quarterback a shot to have some one-on-one matchups downfield because maybe the defenders don't have great eye discipline. We talked about eye candy a lot with Andy Reid's offense in Kansas City. I think the Raiders should take a little bit of that and add it into their offense to make it easier on Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, good points there. And I think, I think too, the, the thing I realized, and look, I know they're – they're, they're they're out there in the number one spot when it comes to speed. But you realize, too, that the Raiders lack speed. I mean, they have Trey Tucker. He's a young player. And they're starting to work him in more, which I like to see. I like to see them use him differently, like you said, in motion. Use him like they use Tyreek Hill in the Miami offense. Uh, and and see, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying that's what you should do. And and the, But that speed hurts them, too. And I'm not talking about vertical speed, either. I'm talking about just speed in general, because... Uh, you're able to really open things up. And and so they're not going to be able to fix that this year, other than trying to maybe get Tucker more involved. But no, I think it's a good assessment. I think you're right. I think they need to think of how they do this differently because you, you got who you got right now. You're not getting new offensive linemen. You're not getting new wide receivers. You're, you're running back is the engine. You're right. And that's the thing that blew my mind is you go from 27 carries, 27 carries to 14 carries. Like, you, you can't abandon it to the point where it's going to hurt you. Because when they were, at times, during the Dolphins game, including the time you mentioned when Jacobs had the nine-yard nine run, uh, they were softening up the middle, and you saw some completions come right after, right? You saw it work how it's supposed to. Uh, but then, okay, it doesn't work for three downs, and you abandon it, and then you start throwing these, these, these screen passes, and you start throwing these longer passes that were kind of uh, chuck it up and see what happens. And to me, that's where that's where the coaching comes in. Look, they don't have the experience. I get it. But they got to try to figure it out uh, if this Raiders team is going to score points and win some more games. That, that touchdown pass to Devontae Adams in the first quarter, it was a play fake to Josh Jacobs on that play. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, exactly. you, you have to do some things. You can't just have straight have Aiden O'Connell drop back and expect him to beat defenders downfield. That's not what he's going to do as a rookie quarterback with under a year of experience in the league. Correct. And not only that, but you saw... I mean, I had somebody somebody message me on on X the other day during the game, and they said, "Hey, I get it. If if they're having trouble gaining yards on the run, I get it. But why aren't you passing to Josh Jacobs out of the backfield?" That's like, yeah, why 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 aren't you? Again, you have to, and they did a couple times later in the game when it was too late. But you you have to get him involved. He has to touch the ball. It doesn't matter how he touches the ball. To your point, he is the engine of the team. That's the way it is right now, and you got to do that. Here's the one problem with the Raiders. 
with Aiden O'Connell and the Senator and the Senator. Now, aside from his deep ball throws, they have to be a yak team. They have to be a team that gets a lot of yards after the catch. The problem, as you point out, is they got one speed guy, <laughs> Trey <Yeah>. Tucker. So <laughs> unless Michael Mayer is breaking tackles and Hunter Renfro is breaking tackles as he did on Sunday or on a consistent basis, the offense is going to be limited unless they go downfield, which is going to be tough again if, against a good defense. Right, and you saw uh, they played to a tongue of Viola, excuse me, tongue of Viola, and um, you watch him play. Now he'll go deep occasionally, but when he hits Waddle or he hits Tyreek Hill, it's for like an 18, 19 yard <laughs> pass, and then forty after. Right, so that that underscores your point perfectly because that's that's how the Dolphins do it. Tua doesn't have to be Josh Allen throwing the ball sixty yards in the air. He doesn't need it. He's got the speed. And the Raiders are a team trying to do that without the speed. So it's very interesting. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defense a little bit, right? This defensive unit. What are they doing? What has Patrick Graham done with the talent he has to put this team in a position to win games if the offense can deliver? Uh, we'll talk about that next coming here on Silver and Black today. You're with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere. 